Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Surviving Hollywood Podcast. My name is Aaron. My name's Austin. And I'm Johnny. Today's podcast, comedian Mark Normand, possibly our best podcast yet. One of my I, favorites. I would say so. I love stand-ups. I've always said I love when we have stand-ups on. And this is definitely the most successful stand-up we have had at this point. So what are some of the stuff we talked about that our audience could look forward to in this episode? We talked about what it's like getting on the Joe Rogan podcast. How does he get that call, if it is a call? And what is it like for a fan to then be in the hot seat next to Joe? Well, he truly did give us a very detailed, I ran into Joe here. Joe asked me here. Showing up to his studio is like this. It was like, you really gave us the inside scoop. And this is something that every comedian wants to get on Joe Rogan. It's just really interesting to hear how it actually is. Uh, what, I, what I liked about Mark was uh, that he was such a chill dude. You know what I mean? Obviously, he's a great comedian, but like, we're a little, you know, kind of nervous about getting on with this guy. And uh, he was so chill, dude. He's such a cool guy, really funny. Um, so it was like hanging out with a buddy, you know, on a Zoom, on a Zoom call. You know, and then he also talked about getting on Horace and Pete, meeting Louis C.K. I, I mean, he has some really good stories. Everybody who's watching this right now, go ahead and either Instagram or tweet Mark Normand. His social media stuff is in the bottom of YouTube or just look it up. Everybody tweet at him or whatever and say, hey, loved you on Surviving Hollywood Podcast. Enjoy the episode, guys. Oh. Stay tuned until the very end or somewhere near the end where um, Mark Normand Set, tells one of the um, our viewers from this podcast who said, hey, you got to get Mark Normand on. Stay tuned until the very end. He tells this fan to go F himself. Enjoy. So cool. Hey, that's you but can like, you can knock out like fifteen of those videos in a day if you do that. You could you could really realistically do it all in a day, but the problem is is that they want it to be like a series. So like since I'm by my oh. hey, what's up, Mark? Howdy. Mark is connecting. Hey, 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 what's up, Mark? Mark, how are you? See me, hear me? Yeah, yep. all good, man. All right, curly hair club, huh? Yeah, right. Hello, <laughs> Pat. The bird's nest. I love it. So how's how it, you doing, uh, how's man? It, how's it going in New York, man? Oh, uh, you know, trying not to die, hanging in there, trying to stay sane. The lady's cooking. We're banging. We're watching movies. <laughs> I'm gay. Yeah, we're mixing it up. <laughs> you, live with, you live with your mom, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good sex. My mom's uh... <laughs> So uh, are you wearing a mask when you go out, or...? I'm doing a uh, scarf situation. Mm. Oh, cool. I actually cut the top of a beanie. So I just pull my head through it and it just covers the bottom half. Oh, nice. Perfect. Dude, I saw your um, Corona Man on the Street set. I thought it was great. I loved it. Oh, good thanks. It got good feedback aside from the, uh, I hope you die. I hope you get it. You're infected. <laughs> aside from that, it was pretty well received. Uh, yeah, I liked the... Uh, the older people don't get it because they don't have uh, butt sex or whatever. Or that was. Oh, uh, anal. I laughed yeah, out loud. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, dude, yeah. thanks so much for coming on good, the pod. Man. Yeah, anything I need to know before we get cooking? 
Um, oh, you just, oh, I don't know. You, you've probably seen every episode, so you probably know how it works. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I got a poster up. <laughs> Thanks, man. That's all we want. No, we'll talk oh, yeah. about we'll talk about anything. Anything. Obviously, Honestly, this can be a, just a slice of life. There's no agenda. This is just four yeah. dudes in the middle of a corona pandemic talking Hollywood. If we get Great. no valuable information, hey, so be it, you know. All right. <laughs> well, we'll have fun with it. We'll yuck it up. We'll talk comedy. We'll, we'll get nasty. I love it. So uh, you've had your, uh, there's the lady. Oh, yeah. So uh, you've had your run-ins with Hollywood, am I right? Uh, boy, yeah, I guess if you can say that, it's all been bad. I've, <laughs> I've, uh, I've had everything but a like a me too. I think um, negative wise, I've had eight million pitches get shot down. I've been cut out of shows. I've gotten kicked out of auditions. You name it, I've blown kicked, it. Kicked out kicked of out auditions. Of, yeah, I had an audition once that was so bad. I'm a horrible actor, and uh, it was the scene was me and my dad were watching a football game, and he has a heart attack on the couch next to me, so he dies. And I'm going, ah, geez, dad, what are you crazy? You dying? What's going on here? And she was like, get out. And what show was that? Can you say what it was for or no? It was some, it was like, uh, what's that show with the fat people on CBS where they all cry? Mike and Molly. No. This is us. This, this yes, is us. I think it was something like that. It was very serious drama. Super, super serious. Just a few fat, fat people, you know. Oh, sorry. Mixed bag. <laughs> I take up most of the poster. Ma Mandy Moore. Mandy okay. Moore is there. Oh, she's in that? Yeah. I didn't know she was in that either. I watched yeah. the pilot. I cried for that pilot. Oh, I loved it. There you go. And then I never like watched Mandy it. Mandy Less. Uh, hey, oh. But I think of you as more of like a uh, like a stand-up, right? I mean, you did Horace and Pete. That was cool. I remember you on that. Yeah, that was fun. That was terrifying just because I was a huge fan of Louis. Stephen Wright sitting right there. I got Kurt Metzger. It was a, mm -hmm. it was a who's who of, of not famous people, but people I respect. <laughs> yeah. Well, how, did you, uh, how did you end up getting on uh, Horace and Pete? Crazy story or crazy thing the uh, I was at the cellar and Louie was kind of running around doing sets and it was just somehow just me and him at the table at the end and we just got to talking and he said uh so I hear you do a lot of sets and I said yeah take my email and I'll, I'll give you a whole list and I he emailed me like two days later I spent like three hours devising a list of all the best shows and I reviewed them I put their address their phone number who runs it and I did this whole thing this cataloging and I sent it to him and he was so blown away that i was this much of a nerd that i think he put me on the show dude that's sweet that's wow. awesome yeah i would have never done that for anybody else but you know this is this is pre-jerk louie yet you haven't right. yeah yet you I, i've uh, i've never heard uh, mark norman come out in support of louie after he put you oh, on that really? show well oh you haven't listened to my pod we uh we're fans and i'm a tuesday i'm a tuesday we are casual oh, well, tuesdays know, my co-host yeah. opens for him. We talk about how much we love him, how great he is. Right. The comic. I, was, I, was I think kidding. Aaron meant in this last 24 hours. Oh, oh <laughs> I was just well, kidding around. He told us not to. He was like, uh, don't do it. People will watch it. Don't support me. It'll. I don't want to hurt you guys' <laughs> career. I'll watch it. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's a great comic. It. I mean, he, he fucked up with a lady, but he's a great comic. You know, yeah. like, The Pianist is a great movie. And Roman Polanski... <laughs> Anally raped a fourteen-year-old. Yeah, Still a great movie. Separate art from the true. Yes, life. Art from the artist. Hey, remix to ignition. We all bobbed our head to that tune. Hell yeah! I know. We still do. Are we gonna say Michael Jackson isn't talented just because he diddled? Hey, when I hear "Man on the Mirror" on the radio, I turn it up. 
There yeah, you go. You, you wish it was you, the man. Well, yes. I wish man, I was one of those kids. Yeah. It's, man, it's man in the mirror, Austin, so I don't know. Thank you. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> All right. Touche. Man on the mirror. He'd break it. <laughs> yeah. Point. Hey, so Mark, you were saying that you pitched some shows? Oh, I think I've pitched 13 now, and not wow. a one has gone anywhere. Dude, How, so we, we've, we've had stand-ups on the podcast before who are not at your level. These are guys, they've toured with Norm MacDonald. They're like, you know, guys that like up and coming and stuff. No, they've done some uh-huh. stuff, but like they want to get in, in a, a large part of our audience, us too as actors, um, you know, want to get in the door of these like Fox or whatever. Like what's the, what's that process like? Oh, the pitch process? Yeah, yeah. Like well, how do you get the call? Do you call them? It's pretty sad. I, I learned this later in, in my career. So I would go out to L.A. and you set up a Netflix, a Fox, a CBS, a Hulu, the whole thing. You make a whole day out of it or three days, whatever it is. You go through your agent, right? Yeah, through your agent, through your manager. And you go in, you're in a conference room, and there's two people behind the table with with clipboards or notepads going, all right, let's hear it. And this whole time, I thought they were interested in all the shows. But it was just my manager calling going, hey, will you sit down for a meeting? So a lot of them (laughs) didn't even know what the hell we were doing. So I'm going – so then my, my, my nanny's a transgender bitch and she does this and they're like, what the fuck is this? I thought we were sitting there for a meeting. I didn't know they didn't know what it was this whole yeah. time. So the whole thing's embarrassing now. Just looking back at me like shucking and jiving. I'm tap dancing for these suits. They didn't even know what they were in for. They just go, yeah, we'll have a meeting. By the uh, 13th pitch, did your, did your strategy change, you know, at all compared to the first one? Well, I got better at pitching. I talked to like, you know, your, your seasoned comics who sold shows. And I said, what do I do? And I didn't realize that they didn't even know what we were pitching. We just went in for a meeting. So mm. finally, I pitch a show to a network, the network production company. They buy it, which is the furthest I've ever been in this pitch process. Lionsgate, I'll just say it. They bought cool. the idea. So now we have a, a, a production company with money behind us, which is the new one. Before we were going in with an easel and a poster board and a Sharpie and had PowerPoint. Now we got illustrations. We got all this uh, a visual aid bullshit. And they fly out to LA first class. They put you in a hotel. This is insane. So I'm like, we're going to sell this one. Still didn't sell. But at least with those meetings, they knew what the idea was because we had a pitch package, mm, which, was, right. which was all beyond me. Why is it that Little, so, little, little Dicky can get a show, but they can't give... Because he's got followers. Same thing with Netflix. I said, hey, Netflix, you want this Mm. special? And they said, we'll only take it if you sell 2,000 seats or more every weekend. I said, well, what about this guy? He didn't. They go, ah, we're we're done with those young guys, with the new guys. Uh, Or if you're like in a wheelchair or something. (laughs) (laughs) Can you tell us what the idea was about that that, that production company bought? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to see the light of day anyway. But it was kind of like a Larry David, but young and in new york and i have literal like a uh, seinfeld spectrum. what's that like a seinfeld no 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 it's uh just, just kidding oh all right. a young larry david in new york to me yeah like i love larry larry david is one of my favorites so i he's love my larry hero all timer yeah. but i have autism like there's no like oh he's a weird guy it's actually diagnosed autism and then larry david actually ended up doing a show where he told people he had autism so that fucked that all up. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a show. I have autism. So it's basically my act. I go around, I'm a, I'm a janitor and I deal with people and they go, I go, what's the name of the black guy on the fifth floor? They go, hey, I don't see color. And I go, well, I'm black. And they go, no, you're not. And I go, ha, that was the whole show. 
<laughs> I like it. I'd watch. Proving people sounds all day long. Sounds like a version of Goodwill Hunting. Hmm. Maybe, maybe if he Except was. Except through uh, comedy. Yeah, if he was autistic, maybe. Yeah. True. Nice, See, this feels nice. like the pitch. It's bombing already. <laughs> <laughs> it was we better. In the we had illustrations. We had a visual aid. We had a video. We had music. It was fun. Man, but you're, but you're primarily you're primarily like stand up, and then acting is extra. Or it's like when you're. I mean, that's the goal for every stand up to get a get some sort of show going. Uh, yeah. I mean, the show is just to fuel the stand up. You know, like you talk to Jerry Seinfeld. He named the show Seinfeld just to sell more tickets for his act. And that's how I feel. I can't act. I don't really want to act. I hate memorizing lines. I hate, I've worked so hard to hone this comedy guy, the stand-up guy, that it's hard for me to break out and act like the gay guy in the movie theater on the TV show, you know, even though I can play a gay pretty well. But I'm just saying, uh, it's tough to, for me to act, and I hate it. I'd rather do like a Daniel Tosh thing where you get to just talk, mm. you know, be yourself. Commentary. Yeah. Did, uh, yeah. did Seinfeld give you any nuggets of wisdom when you opened for him? Yeah, he said, I, I kept telling him, like, I don't even want to be famous. I hate it. I want to be able to walk through an airport. And he goes, hey, look, nobody wants to be famous either, or I didn't. Most comics don't, but you got to do it. Just sell the tickets. Get your name out. Suck it up. You get, you get a table at a restaurant every now and then. You get to run a red light. Enjoy it, but you need it. Yeah. That's and true. I heard uh, Jerry on some interview, like, nor named you specifically as, like, a comic that he really likes. But uh, get, get me going on that. It's, it still blows my mind. Yeah. It was on the Mets, Mets TV, which, you know, everybody sees. And, uh, <laughs> so, of course, I cut it out and put it on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I had to get that out there. And still nobody cared. <laughs> now, give us the inside scoop, because Jerry has been touring for years. Um, is his, like, touring with him different from, like, like, normally going out with comedians who aren't Jerry Seinfeld? Yeah, yeah. It's fascinating. Like, he does this thing where we, we did the Beacon Theater together, which is old, beautiful theater in Manhattan. And we did four shows, and he only wants one green room. And in my head, I was like, look, I'll, I'll, I'd love to open for you, but I'll leave you alone. You won't even see me there. I didn't want to be annoying. Sure. And he goes, no, no, one green room, I want to hang. He wants to mm -hmm. hang. Most nice. comics are like, eh, you do your thing, I'll do mine, then we'll go to our hotel room. He likes hanging out. He wants to talk comedy. He wants to chop it up. So that was cool. That was mind-blowing. Really cool. I couldn't believe it. So not only do you get to open for the guy, you get to chat with him. You're chatting with an American icon, comedy legend. Come on. You get to drink his Fiji water while you're still stuck with Aquafina. Yeah, the hardest part was he had this whole spread of like amazing food. I'm talking cakes and veggie platter and all these fine cured meats and vodka and all this shit. And I couldn't eat it because he wasn't eating it. So I was like, you can't be the guy to crack this cellophane. You yeah. got to do it. It's your show. So when he went on stage, I put everything in my pocket. <laughs> when I went home on the subway with Rottweilers chasing me, I got a pastrami in my asshole just to try to, I, I couldn't let it go to waste. Yeah. Did you get a chance to meet Larry David through Seinfeld? Or? I met Larry David once, but he would never remember it. But it was the highlight of my life. Amy Schumer got married, like on a whim. Okay. She mm. flew us all out to her Malibu wedding on a private jet. It was like 20 of us. Because you worked on her and, show, right? Yeah. No, I opened for her. Ah, okay. I was on her show, but I didn't write for it. Uh, she had okay. seen enough of me. <laughs> Open for her for years, arena. I watched her go from clubs to theaters to arenas. It was pretty, pretty bananas. So we're out there on a jet. I get, I rent a car. I'm in line in my car waiting to go into like the parking lot. There's a whole valet thing. They got to check your name with the clipboard. 
and I'm waiting. And behind me is a Prius. It's Larry Damon. I can see him behind me. I can see him going, what the hell's going on here? He's doing a curb. All I hear is, he's doing curb behind me. And I can see him yelling at the guys like, I'm Larry Damon. What are you talking about? He's like, oh, these clipboards. I hate them. And I can see everything he was saying. I can picture it so well or visualize it. And then he got into the party. A couple of ladies were hitting on him, by the way. I'm not going to say who. And he's a little lady. Just saying. Yeah, Amy he Schumer. lived with Amy. And uh, Amy, he was sitting at a table, and I was standing up. And he, and Amy goes, uh, Larry, this is Mark. And he goes, oh, hey. And he goes, you a comedian? I go, yeah. He goes, yeah, I can tell. And that was it. <laughs> I didn't shake his hand. I didn't talk to him, but that was it. And I'll take it. Yeah, what do you think? What, that's what do you awesome, think, dude. What, what is it about you that he just read comedian? Is it the, I'm figuring it's like the, uh, the Jew-ish-ness. Maybe sir, the Jewish, sir. Maybe, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe the bad suit, uh, the lack of eye contact, <laughs> the awkwardness. Maybe maybe it was Mark doing his tight five in front of him. <laughs> yeah, in front of him. Yeah, I might have given it away. Uh, the Holocaust isn't real. You know, my, my class. <laughs> Dude, so, uh, well, what was it? Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say that you actually, speaking of like some actors or some stand-ups actually gravitate more um, towards actually they like acting. Johnny just got off working with um, on Magnum P.I., right uh, whoa and um but no but it was with not, not, uh, not super exciting but i was working i was working with bobby lee oh uh, yeah and he killed it with the acting right yeah bobby was great man he was a super fun dude super chill and uh hilarious off camera um yeah, yeah man i had good. a good time with him trying to uh trying to get him on the pod but he said uh not until you get mark on will i actually come on so uh, i don't think he knows who i am <laughs> i bet uh, he does i'm sure he does man He's a nice he's, guy. He's a, he's a fucking talent. That guy will get naked on cue. He'll cry in your lap. He's Asian. He's got it all. <laughs> I think the charm is he'll get naked when nobody cues him. Yes. Yes, you're right. And his dick is so small that it's not considered sexual assault. <laughs> Somehow. But I, I was at the comedy store a couple of years ago, and um, I guess we weren't a good, um, I guess we weren't a good audience because he was just screaming at us, what is wrong with you guys? Do I have to get naked? And then he mooned us all. <laughs> and did it that's work? The, that's the go-to if it, if it does, it's not going good. I thought I was enjoying I, it. I don't know what was wrong with everybody else. I think he would have done that if you guys were the best crowd ever. Also. <laughs> Let's be honest. But he's he's a hilarious comic and a, and a tough follow. You don't want to follow that guy on stage, especially with the mooning. Really? I mean, what are you going to do? What do you, what yeah. do you do after he does that? If, In the words of Bill luck. Burr, he's one of those guys. After you after he goes on, you have to have a game plan. You know, some people kill so hard that you got to like shake things up, or you're just going to get buried. Hmm. Um, I have a question. I just oh, me? okay, cool. No, me. Oh, oh um, for, a question for me. Oh, uh, this one's for Mark actually. Okay. But uh, <laughs> all right. How is just because you're sort of like you know the the everyman comic, very relatable. How is being a viewer of the Joe Rogan podcast, being a fan, compared to getting the call, being in the seat? That's the dream, right? That's like people used to think of maybe uh, Carson or Stern. I feel like now it's Rogan. Rogan yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a game changer. I did a show. Every show I did after that, every uh, stand-up weekend was sold out after I did his mm -hmm. show. So, yeah, I just, I really prepared. Like a lot of people are like, you go in, you have a chat, you smoke some weed, he's a nice guy. I fucking prepped. I wrote shit down. I wrote down stories and had really? it all in my head in case something came up, I could just queue up. I never wanted a second of dead air or, or a, a lull. 
So I prepared like a motherfucker. I had a suit on, you know, I really went in a little hungover, but uh, it changed everything and we hit it off. And the weird things are like the little things are what sticks. Like I was hungover and I told him that and he liked that for some reason. And he had me back because he's like, I like how you just kind of did it nonchalant, even though I prepared. <laughs> he's like, I like how you just didn't give a fuck and you just said what you wanted. You were offensive and gay and all this. So he had me back like three months after. That's the one I just watched. Um, uh, yeah. But like when you got, did, did he call you initially or you saw him at the comedy store or like? The cra- it's a crazy story. Uh, you know, Andrew Santino? Chico? Yeah. Yeah. Fan. So he's a great guy. We were buddies and I was doing a club in Atlanta. He was opening for Rogan in an arena and he said, oh shit, you're in Atlanta. Let's get a drink. And I said, yeah, let's do it. So I went and got a drink with him at this nightclub called Cheetah's. And it was like out of Scarface, you know, Ferraris and blow and women and whores. <laughs> and Joe Rogan's sitting there with like a joint in one hand and a drink in the other hand. And I was like, I didn't know he was going to be there. And we just got to chatting. We just started talking comedy and everything. And then we got really drunk, went back to the Four Seasons, and we chatted in the, the lobby till like and, four and in the fucked. morning. And fucked. And then we <laughs> fucked. And uh, I'm still holding on to that to that fuck for when I need to ruin his career. There you and, go. Uh, yeah. So then he goes, hey, here, dude, you should do the pod sometime. He has to vet you to see if you're cool. He don't want uh-huh, you coming right. in there going, hey, Joe, don't say retard, you know. But right. the, the, whole, the whole time in the back of your mind, you're probably thinking, obviously, you want to get on the podcast. Like, as soon as he says, hey, man, you should do the pod sometime inside. Are you like, like, you got a erection probably. It's like fucking a gal. She's like, we should go upstairs. You can't go, woo! You know, <laughs> right. even though you want to go, like, oh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe we'll think about it. We'll think about it. Yeah. Uh, you got to yeah, play yeah, it kind of cool. Nah, depends on what day you're doing it, you know? Exactly. And uh, when you first get there, is it just like, like from the viewers at home? Is it yeah, tell us about same? that. You know, don't do- dox anybody, obviously, but you show up at a studio and what's that like, dude? You're, are you petting the dog? Well, first of all, I'm drunk with this guy at four in the morning at the Four Seasons. He gives me his number. He goes, hey, you should do the pod. And that was it. It wasn't like some confirmation, some like email exchange. That was it. That was my only handshake agreement. So then like four months later, I'm like, oh, I'm going to LA to do this or that. I had to text him and go, hey, I don't even know if he remembers me. I have to go, hey, I'm Mark from the Four Seasons. We met in Atlanta. I'd love to do the pod. No pressure. And he didn't write back for like four days. So that's terrifying. Mm. But you go, ah, that's what I figured. Everything falls apart in this city. You know, L.A., it's all yeah. flakes. And he wrote back like, oh, yeah, come do it. And we got a date. So I show up there, 3 o'clock. I get there like 2.45. It's a giant warehouse. And it, it looks like, I think there's even a for lease sign on it. And you're like, what the fuck? You know when you're mad at your MapQuest or your GPS? MapQuest, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're mad at your GPS. Like, what the fuck's going on? Where are you taking me? This is, can't be right. And I'm looking in this building, like a mirrored glass building, and I can't see anything, and a, a hatch opens, literally a hatch. And a guy sticks his head out with a big beard, and he goes, can I help you? And I go, I'm sorry, man. I'm looking for a podcast. I think I'm way off. He goes, Mark Norman? I go, yeah. He goes, come on in. Then another door opens. He's a Navy SEAL. You go in. It's this huge warehouse, a bunch of Navy SEALs walking around. These are big, yoked-up white guys with crazy tight haircuts and there's a boxing ring there's a gym there's a ferrari there's a porsche there's a giant werewolf thing there's all these amazing posters there's a pool table uh, and you go in some room not a flamethrower podcast sorry what there's there's not a flamethrower there is it's on the wall right right and he said do you want to use the flamethrower for your photo you want to use the sword and i said oh of course the flamethrower and he goes well it's out of gas i said give me the sword (laughs) 
Nice. What were all those guys doing there? The Navy SEALs? They're working out? Or? They just watch it. They just keep an eye on it. Oh, so they're like... Crazy. Just hanging they're, out. They're, they're security. Yeah, they're secure. They literally just walk around the premise and just keep an eye on things. And there's a big dog wow. in there and they're all high. And I drank some coffee that made me shit blood. It was wild. <laughs> and uh, how's Jamie in real life? Soft-spoken, quiet. You just assume he hates you. You know, he just sits there quietly smoking dope the whole time. And he only Judging talks it. if you acknowledge him. Joe's orders, probably. Yeah. And when he, when Joe went to take a whiz, I like grilled JMO a little bit. I was like, hey, man, what's, uh, what's this like? How'd you get this gig? He said he got it just on a whim. He moved to L.A. from Ohio or something and uh, saw Joe at a, at a show and said, hey, I run a podcast. If you ever need help with your equipment. And he hired him. Whoa. Wow. That was it. So you never know. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Did Jamie comment on your New Day Cleveland appearance? I think he might have. Why, why do you ask? Because, well, we're from Cleveland, too. Um, and Jamie's from Ohio, and that was in he Ohio. Is? Jamie? Oh, I just pulled that out of my ass. He is. Oh, he is from Ohio. Oh, I didn't know. I just picked I a random know. state. I don't know yeah, for sure where funny. he's from. I believed you, he, Mark, when you said it. but uh, He is. Right. I know he is. Give it a goog. Okay. Do you feel, <laughs> is, it, is there pressure to, like, uh, smoke weed, or Joe's pretty chill? You can smoke weed or not. He's chill. Like he knows that we're freaking out the whole time. Just going 5 million people, 10 million people, 20 million people. Right. That's all you're thinking about the whole time. And once you kind of let that subside, you kind of become better, but it's the first half hour. I'm shitting myself. Yeah. But you don't feel like you have to like censor yourself, obviously, because Joe is another comedian. No, no, no. That's why his show's so goddamn popular. You're going foul and everybody's playing beer pong and charades and right. he's laughing profusely at everybody for no reason. That's why nobody watches it. Then you go on Rogan and you get Bernie Sanders actually having a real conversation. Yeah. Is there, do you, I know it's obviously harder, easier said than done, but inviting Joe, for example, on your podcast, did, did you attempt probably, to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How, what's that relationship like? It's like, obviously you don't want to, he's a busy guy. I think the worst thing you can do in this biz, with exceptions, is ask for too much. You know, like, I, you know, for Seinfeld, and people go, why don't you get on comedians and cars? Why don't you hit them up? I'm like, are you right. kidding? This, the fact that he knows my name and has my phone number is insane. That's insane already. I'm not going to go asking him for things and bugging him. That's the first way to lose a person. So I don't ask for shit. If, if we're at, having a beer and I go, I got to go do my pod. If you want to come by, come by. Maybe I'll do that. But I would never annoy the guy with some kind of scheduling right. bullshit. Or you say, he or, asks you. Or you pull out. Yes, like, me, of course. What am I going to say? Yeah. Kick my ass. Or you pull out like a mini Best Buy recorder and when you're at Joe's uh, yeah. studio and be like, hey, can I record this for my pod? I'll just same audio. <laughs> exactly. But you got to admit for how big he is. He's, you, you hang out with him and you're like, oh, this is just like talking to a guy I went to college with. He's so, same with Jerry, so on the level, so normal. I'm sure Larry David is the same way. Larry David has not changed. He grew up poor in Brooklyn. He seems like the same guy. He's still complaining and he's annoying and he's cunty. Yeah. It's amazing. I think there's something to that with success. Then you see these other people like fucking Monique. She's like, oh, I can't get a special. They tried to give me 500 grand. I need a million. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you crazy whore? Yeah. You're talentless. Uh, Larry David's still driving a Prius. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's you surprising. Know? There you go. Got like a billion, he's got like a billion dollars. I did yeah. have um, a quick question. If I could just, um, I was reading your IMDb uh, profile. If I can just, I'm going to share my screen real quick. I've never, um, Never done this before. I have one of those. I didn't even know. That. <laughs> oh, here we dude. go. Hey, there yeah. we go. Oh, uh, I meant to be on this page. <laughs> um, Classic. Okay. 
Yeah. Um, Mark, so I was reading this. Uh, Mark was named one of Comedy Central's comic to watch for 2011. Yeah. What, hap what happened? What do you mean, what happened? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I, I just wanted to do this bit. <laughs> this is back when, like, I think if you were funny, you could get stuff. Now it, it feels, comedy feels more like casting now. All right, we need this. We need the gay guy. We need the fat guy. We need the black guy. We need this. We mm. need one of that. And which is good. I'm all about diversity, but there's plenty of funny brown people. Just use them. <laughs> Don't just use them because they're brown. Right. We all know hilarious uh, black folk. They're funny people. Use them. Don't so, use because of that. Sorry. So where's like where's comedy going to be in twenty years? Like if this is where it is now compared to where years. it was in the '90s, ten years, ten years. Yeah, twenty is tough because look how much it's changed so much in like the past five. <laughs> it changes yeah every like five to ten years. Dude. In ten years, yeah. when Trump is still president, how's comedy going to be? Uh, well, I think it's going to be incredibly splintered. I think you'll have your Netflix people, but I think. Just for the amount, and I'm not a big comic, but the amount of people that know about me and my pod and all that is crazy for a guy who's never really been on anything big. Like, I've been on The Tonight Show a bunch and Conan, but nobody cares about that. I think, like, but like in Rogan, I, 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 I do. <laughs> Johnny loves Conan. I love Conan. He's my favorite late night for sure, dude. Same, me been too. Been watching that dude for too. years. Yeah, it's I love an honor. I had a schedule, I had a date scheduled for May or for March, and it obviously got pulled, but. I've done it every year for the past nine years. He's my favorite. He's my favorite late night. I think the funniest guy. All the all the panel like Norm or Bill Burr. Norm, those guys. There's nothing better on Conan. Yeah. Dude, have you ever toured with Norm? No, I met him once. Sweetest, sweetest guy ever. I think one of the best comedy minds ever. He is my favorite. He's the king. He's the funniest guy. And people who don't think he's funny, I don't respect as much, or they just don't get comedy really. But no, he's, I don't know if he's the best comic, but he's probably the funniest person on the planet. He, I mean, he's the funniest in interviews, for sure. Oh, yeah. And you know he prepares for those, by the he way. Well, I mean, mm. I know that, like, but isn't, I always thought it's just, like, because he's so used to, you know, just talking on stage, you just, those are all stuff in the back of his mind, but you're saying he definitely prepares for it? He claims, he told Seinfeld this, he's like, I go out, I run the set, the couch set, the panel, he runs that shit on, on an audience. And he talks it out and he prepares it and he writes it out on a computer and types it. That's all very, I mean, it looks so rift. It looks so off the cuff, but it's all really, really prepared. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's interesting. Which also shows how good he is with that. Cause he's, he's hidden that you can't yeah. even tell. I mean, pe people think he showed up to Conan or anything and they think that he's not prepared. If you don't know Norm, people are like, what the? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's so brilliant. He tricks you into thinking he, you're smarter than him. Yeah. He's like, he's way smarter than all of us. It's yeah. just a move. It's, it's, he, he's always one step ahead. And if you don't get it, you don't get the joke and that's on you. So who is the comic? Um, maybe it's Norm or like, who is it like, Oh, I love to tour with this guy. Like. I have mean, opened for Louie. That was great. But who, but who uh, you have, but who you haven't opened for like, oh, I'd love to. I've opened for Bill Burr, but just here and there, I've never like toured with him. Ah. And I think that would be fun. Although I'm scared he would yell at me just because he's so like, dude, what the fuck? Shut up. <laughs> you know, I'm, I don't want to be that guy all of a sudden where I'm getting yelled at by this bald prick. Right. Because sometimes, uh, sometimes he can like, uh, Bill, Bill Burr uh, can like sit in uncomfortable like atmosphere and just like fuck with you. I don't know if you guys ever yeah, saw like, yeah. his appearance on H3H3 podcast. And... Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying. Yeah. I mean, he's, the, he's, the, he's a beast. He's the funniest guy. I almost think he's 
his shtick has kind of like just engulfed his whole being in a weird way. Does that make sense? Like he's kind of just become that guy. I don't know if he was mm. always that guy, hmm. but it's great mean- for us. Great for entertainment purposes. But uh, I guess I guess Norm would be the guy I'd want to tour with the most just to pick that fucking noggin, just to get yeah. in that trap door of a brain of his. Although all the stories I've heard is he's the funniest guy, nicest guy, but he's such a gambling addict that he's not even fun to be around unless you're gambling with him. So I'd have to pick mm. up gambling just to hang. <laughs> who, was, poker. who was the comedian that toured with Norm that was on our podcast a few months Joe ago? Joe Stapleton. Joe Stapleton. I don't know yeah. Joe. He is an up-and-comer, great comic. and He was um, a bit big into poker world. Yeah, exactly. He, so that's probably why. He that's was probably a why. poker host on TV, like the hired a stand-up. Um, oh, and that's how, I, that's how I met Norm. Perfect. Of course. Um, that's how a lot so of big so, guys roll. They just go, oh, this will work out. I don't care if you're funny. We'll just – we both drink or we both uh, play – we gamble. Open for me. True. So, so I was going to say, Mark, uh, so like you kind of were talking about how like where you think comedy is going to go in 10 years. What I like a lot about you a lot is a lot of stuff you talk about is like stuff that kind of goes, you know, I don't want to say against the woke culture, but like, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're not afraid to talk about stuff. So how I do you like think that it's going to change? How do you think it's going to change in like 10 years? You know what I mean? Because now it's like you can't even say anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think already the big the big wigs are kind of cutting down on language. Like I think retard is out a little bit on Netflix. They don't like it. And uh, eventually the bigger they get, the more sponsors or whatever, they have to just toe the line and they want to make money. Mm -hmm. So I think it's going to be all internet. I think you got to find your own people and the people, and I'm not even, I'm, I'm a woke guy. You know, I like gay marriage and weed and black people and Jews. It's all fine. Women are smart. You know, (laughs) Asians can read whatever it is. I just like, I think the best comedy is the truth stuff, you know, like when right. you say the truth and the truth is the opposite of woke qu- culture. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you go big is beautiful, which is very woke, but then everybody's going to the gym who says that. So you're like, well, wait, you're lying. So I think the more woke you get, the more you're lying. And, and some people just kind of get like brainwashed a little bit where they're like, no, I swear to God, big is beautiful. And you're like, so why aren't you fat then? You know, like we could do this all <laughs> right. day. And and they get mad at you, which just proves, have you noticed if you have a conversation and like a back and forth with a lot of these people, they just crumble and they call you racist or whatever. And you're like, wait, how'd we get here? I'm just trying to have a talk with you. A lot of them can't really hang with a discussion because it just, it just, just proves their whole bullshit. But I I don't know. It's so weird. We, we've lost intent. Intent is out. Like if I say some racial joke in the voice of a redneck who's being racist, they're like, you said this. I'm like, no, that was that was me doing a guy saying right. that. They're like, but you it's said it. I'm like, right. do you even really, are you this stupid? Or are you just so <laughs> hard on, you have such a big hard on to bust me and have a gotcha moment that you don't even know what I'm saying? Or like, because a lot of these are educated people. And you're like, yeah. you're smarter than me. Why can't you see what's going on? Yeah, but I, I could like uh, this all yeah. day. Like, we're, we're good guys. Like a you know, jet. like. Ah, sorry. Jeff Dunham. <laughs> Jeff Dunham's, I'm not racist. It's my puppet. Right, right. And he's gotten Blame away with puppet. murder. That puppet. <laughs> yeah. That puppet's worse than Harvey. I, like, I, I think that, that's what it is, too. It's like a lot of people are trying to be like that guy, like, oh, I caught him like 10 yeah. years ago. They said this. You know, I, I got to be that guy to out this person. But like, why? You know what I mean? It's so. <laughs> because it's, they get points. You know, they get points. Yeah. They get a pat on the back. And it feels good. I've, I've tweeted woke shit before. And the response is amazing and no i didn't mean any of it 
but it still felt good <laughs> to get the likes and the retweets and, and you get to be a hero. And now with so little heroism, heroism, is that a word? Heroism. 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 So little, like you used to go to war and save a, your friend or you used to pull a guy off a beam and save his life or, or <laughs> stop a rape, you know, or whatever. Now it's all, all this. Now you virtue so, signal. Yes, there you go. So it feels good, and I get it. it and it becomes yeah. addictive. And I've noticed a lot of hilarious comics have gone into that virtue world because that gets more reaction than their comedy. And so they're just going where the fucking reactions are, which I get mm. because we writing jokes is hard. Writing new jokes that are killing is fucking hard. So if you can get a laugh on some agreeance, uh, moral superiority, you're going to take it. Who are we talking about? <laughs> I'm talking about Sarah Silverman. Bert Kreischer. Yeah. Bert Kreischer. <laughs> no, I don't know. Bert Kreischer. Hey, who's funnier than Sarah Silverman? Nobody. She's very funny. Except a man. Norm funny? Interesting. Whoa, whoa. Somebody once had a great point. They said certain people can't do comedy, so they're changing the rules of comedy in order to help them win. Mm. And that's a bit extreme, but there's something to that. I mean, well, two of my favorite comedians, like of the next generation, the up and comers, are you and Tim Dillon, because yeah. you guys go against the grain, and oh, it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah, against the grain is harder, and all these. And what's weird is these young people who get mad at you and they say, "Hey, this is offensive." And I'm like, isn't it weird that you you want to be the guy in the Elvis the Elvis documentary who's like, "Hey, stop shaking those hips," you know? You're like, you want to be that person? <laughs> What, are yeah. you crazy? We're all going to die one day. This is what you're going to hang your right. hat on? These yeah. people like tweeting about Joe Rogan. He said this. I'm like, he's a fucking meathead podcast guy. Like, leave he him said, alone. He's on DMT. Who gives a fuck? Is this how good your life is? You got you to gotta rail on this? He said retard in 2010. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doesn't have clean water. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird that you would want to be the dweeb. But I think right. in their head, they're so wrapped up in being the hero that it, they can't even see the, the jizz from the anal. <laughs> so why do you, why do you always uh, end with every set saying that, uh, hey, I'm Kevin Hart? And how does Kevin Hart feel about that? I think he's so wrapped up in his own dog shit, he doesn't even know. I've met him 10 times. He doesn't remember me. I've said yeah. I'm Kevin Hart in front of him when he was following me. He didn't even notice. He's just so <laughs> in his own shit, which I get. He's a trillionaire mogul guy. But, uh, yeah, I just said it once, and I was like, oh, it's kind of funny. I've never seen anyone do that, and I just kept doing it. And I used to bomb a lot, so I felt weird saying my own name. I was too <laughs> embarrassed. So I said another guy's name, and he was the biggest comic I could think of. And I also like the idea of, you know, I do the Comedy Cellar and the clubs in New York, and there's a lot of tourists from Australia or Norway. And I like the idea of a lot of them going, we saw this guy, Kevin Hart. He was a taller, white guy, skinny. And they're like, wait, what? So that's kind of fun. Nice, dude. It's all for me. Yeah, yeah, it. that works. And then you get to do on the Tonight Show, which is also fun. Even better. What was yeah. it? I know, you, I know you kind of talked about it briefly, but like I said, Conan's one of my favorite late night guys. Did you just get in really tight with him after coming in once? Because you've been there multiple times. Sorry, are you and Conan? Yeah. So are you and you and Conan really cool now? What's how, what's what, what's it like working with him? Uh, he's the sweetest guy. He's very, uh, meek almost like he, he looks at his shoes when he talks to you and he's like soft-spoken done the show nine times or eight times, but, uh, never remembers me. 
Uh, we had a little banter on, <laughs> okay. the, on the couch a little bit, and it's it's very like fluffy, just like get through the commercial bullshit. Not Are you serious? Real. What do you mean he never remembers you? Yeah, you never remember. I mean, you know, you got to think this guy's done five nights a week of shows for the past I don't know twenty years. So I'm just another guy on the show, and I think to run a show like that, you almost have to block out all this external shit coming in that day and just keep your head on the on the show just eyes on the prize and i don't take it personally i mean i'm there for five minutes once a year so it's not mm. like and i'm but not you, putting a big dent in you know right but they must have initially reached out to you right so yeah the first had one, probably heard about you or producers i guess or yeah well my uh, i sent a tape in in 2013 or 2012 it got approved, and I'm a joke guy. And for those late nights, you got to have jokes. I don't care what anybody tells you. You do a story, it's going to get weird. Those rarely work. I'm a joke guy. And the first one went well. I had a really good response. And then after that, they were like, well, let's try you again. The second one went pretty well. Then, well, we'll try you again. And then I just became an annual thing. I'm running Is out the- of jokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to keep writing, Fatty. Is there pressure, since like Conan is a hero to every, like a lot of people, um, to talk during those commercial breaks because the music is blasting it's hard to get yeah. a word in well he initiate he, mark he norman does the, <laughs> he, he does the fake lean in like so oh you know like we have to look <laughs> yeah. like engaged but yeah. I've, I've i've saved up real questions for that you know because i i have real questions i want to ask i'm curious and he's always kind of like well he's always blown away that i have an actual interesting question instead of just going Thanks for plugging my movie, Dick. You know, that was fun. Thanks for Wait, having me. But why do you think it's fake? You know, maybe he really leans in to say like, hey, thanks. It's just I've tried. I've tried. Yeah, he's, it's a habit. He's just used to doing that. And he's just trying to get through the day and get home, I think. Which mm. I get. I get. Yeah. Every day. It's a lot. It's a, it's a grind, man. It's a grind. I mean, you got to talk to Snooky. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, and make it sound interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember any of the questions? Like if, I don't know if they're interesting, but like, you know, just a random one that you were interested in. Yeah. One, you know, he lost that whole Tonight Show thing. Remember that thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I asked him about that and I said, uh, I saw your, your documentary. It was amazing. Uh, do you miss going out on the road? And he was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And then the fucking lights came back on. Yeah. But that was one. And then I asked, uh, do you ever want to grow the beard again? He's like, oh, you have no idea. This, I hate shaving. So that was something. But then Letterman then I, did it. Yeah, Letterman kept it. But Letterman, you know, he does what he wants. He fucks interns. <laughs> Before it was a big deal. What? Yeah. Before it was like something that could get you fired, he was fucking interns. Yeah, and he kind of like, that kind of like dissipated. No one really brings that up. Well, he, he announced to his audience that sometimes he has sex with the interns and he got laughs. He got yes. laughs through his 10-minute yeah, announcement of that. Yeah. Well, if it's consensual, it's not illegal to cheat on your wife. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying the interns are probably into it. I don't but, know. But he is the boss. I mean, it's, you know, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But wh- I, I don't know what's right. I don't get all the rules. Like, to me, what Cardi B did was worse than Louie. Drop that album? No, dude. She was like, she drugged <laughs> people. She dropped back in the day before she was famous. She drugged like guys that she was supposed to have sex with and stole from them. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She drugged oh, them. Shit. They passed out and she took, took their money. Oh, damn. Okay. Isn't that fucked yeah, that up? Is, that is, that is super <laughs> shitty. Yeah. I mean, that's Cosby level shit, except without fucking, he took except, the money. Except she's hot, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I guess so. <laughs> she's a girl. It's okay, man. 
Now, guys, I know Mark agreed to be here for the full three hours, but I don't want to quite keep him <laughs> that long. Um, but just some final questions. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. More personal for us. We, when did you first monetize your podcast, or how did how did that experience go for you? Because we think we're we're ready to monetize, but do but we right now it's a it's a labor of love. Yeah. Do we reach out yeah. to advertisers, or how are you with a podcast group or whatever? Uh, I was, we pulled out of the group, we got sued. That was the whole thing. And now we just literally do it on my couch with a zoom mic and we kept a dweeb to do all the editing and we give him some money, but it's all about the Patreon. You want to make some cash. You got to get ads. You got to get numbers, obviously get good listeners and you got to get the Patreon cooking. So what do you guys do? One a week? One a week, every Monday for the rest of our lives. Yes, we've been doing it all. We're pushing six and a half years here. So it takes a while. Oh, we're also talking about we both did Rogan, me and my co-worker, right. co-producer, Joe List, and uh, just a lot of TV. And he did Netflix and blah, blah, blah. So it just, it just ticks up slowly. And then you do, you do uh, Santino's pod. You do uh, Chris DiStefano's pod. You do this and that. And just slowly climb up that ladder. So you guys need to go viral. You need to kill one of you who needs to get killed or something raped. Something's got to happen. Could you say something so outrageous we could go viral? Yes. <laughs> the Holocaust was a hoax. Go on. Come on! All right, all right. Sorry. Come on, dude! All right. Actually, Come on! Uh, Isn't it I, weird when people don't know you're joking with stuff like that? They're like, how could you say, like... Are you a fucking retarded? You don't know I'm joking? I never got this. All right. But yeah, yeah. so you just got to keep ticking away. We're finally making a couple bucks. I mean, it's not like we're making real money here. Yeah. I guess good luck is what I'm saying. It's not going to happen. My uh, question, because, you know, our audience is up and comers and comedy and acting and writing and all that stuff. Um, What advice do you have for up and coming stand ups? Like, because obviously, you know, you're at a level. Like we've had other stand-ups on, they would love to like do some of the stuff that you're you're a you're a visionary in the space, Mark. That's what I'm trying to say. Wow, really? This is I feel <laughs> like I'm I'm low. So yeah, exactly. I've just been just oh, doing it one brick at a time. Like a lot of people just blew up. Like out of overnight, they got a Netflix special. They got this, and they got that went viral. I'm doing it one brick at a time. It's taking fucking forever. But uh, yeah, if you're a new comic, I mean. Everybody, I get this email 10 times a day. I'm a new comic. What should I do? And no one likes the answer because it's not fun. It's like saying, how do you learn the piano quick? You just got to learn it, you know? Like, you got to learn how to write jokes. You got to fail. You got to bomb. You got to get up every night. You got to drive all over. You got to bomb a ton. Listen to your sets. Rewrite. I mean, it's like ice skating. You got to get get out there at 6 a.m. on the ice and just do it. And uh, that's what nobody wants to hear because they see a guy standing up there with a stool and a mic and a, and a water bottle. And they go, I could do that, but you can't. It's a lot of failure. And it would help if you're a little funny. Nobody <laughs> wants to say that part. You gotta be kind of funny to do this. Also, it's a lot of psychology. Okay, if I say it this way, the audience reacts that way. But if I do this, they'll hate me. So then they won't get a laugh. So I gotta make them not hate me. So it's a fucking- The whole thing, yeah. It's a gumbo of, of psychology and, and reactions and delivery and timing and the word choices. And it's a, it's a fucking kick in the balls. But it, if you do it enough, you start to figure out what goes where and how this works. And it's just trial and error. And, and that takes years. And nobody wants to hear that. But I like that it's hard. Good. I love that Corona's going to knock out a bunch of hobbyists. Get out of here. 
you're taking up stage time from the from the people who love this and are passionate about it and are making a living or trying to. So it's hard, but the hard is what makes it great. Avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's a, a movie reference. Which I was movie? Gonna... A League of Their Own. Uh, I love, dude, your references are sick, man. Oh, yeah, thanks. good good references. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna ask you. You kind of talked. This is a kind of a last, last question on this, sure, but sure, uh, you kind of talked about uh, you kind of talked about on Rogan a little bit about your childhood. Sounds like you had a hell of a childhood, man. Um, now you said you pitched this to shows before this idea. I think it sounds fascinating, especially the whole nanny thing. Um, What's that? Are we ever gonna get to see like a TV show or something about that story, man? Because it sounds like a hey, fascinating childhood. I he appreciate had a, it. He had a nanny Once again. Pitched it. I think you had, a, you had a transvestite nanny, right? Yeah, a transvestite cross-dressing nanny, big black guy named Enos who wore dresses and wigs and high heels while he cleaned our house and That's like cool. took care of us. And uh, it was a horrible neighborhood. We got robbed a ton. Uh, weird, weird upbringing. My parents turned my house into a bed and breakfast, like pre-Airbnb, just to keep income coming in. So now I'm eating breakfast with fucking musicians and businessmen and all that. So uh, yeah, weird childhood pretty traumatic uh you know waking up at 4 a.m as an eight-year-old with your alarm going off and hearing glass breaking and just like well we're getting robbed somebody might come downstairs or come upstairs and you know diddle me uh whatever <laughs> you know it makes you grow up pretty quick plus bedwetting yeah. and going to public school and all this shit right so uh yeah weird upbringing but i pitched it everybody goes that's a show you got a show there sounds but like it it sounds like it you think in, in a perfect world it would work I think if I was trans, if I was the trans person, that would help it. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I got no juice. If I was Aziz or something, I think they would buy it. Mm. But uh, I got no juice. So. Yeah, love it, man. I'm, I would look, I, I, I'd watch that show, man. That sounds hey, like a hell of a show. I appreciate dude. it. Sounds like a hell of a show. I would. I would love to produce it. I would love to put it out. But uh, yeah. People always go, make it on your own. I'm like, with what money? That's going to, I got to buy cameras and edit it and hire a tranny. It's going to be a lot of work. <laughs> Louis C.K. did it. Horace and Pete. But that guy's rich. That's true, but he was already a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I, I guess we're at the point cool. of the podcast where we're getting to plugs. Mark, not that there's not one yeah. person in our audience who doesn't know you, but please plug anything you want. Hey, I mean, check out my podcast, Tuesdays with Stories. Uh, my website, marknormancomedy.com, for future dates if we ever get through this dog shit. Uh, praise Allah. I got merch if you want to support and join the Patreon. And uh, yeah, go gay. Fuck your dad and queef it up. Cool. Boom. I love it. Thanks love it, for dude. having me. Love Thanks, Mark. Mark. Love it, really, really appreciate it, you coming on, man. Oh, wait. Thank um, you. Could, could you um, say, I don't know, you want yeah. to do Surviving Hollywood Podcast or just tell me. Because that one fan of our podcast, Johnny Day, was the one who like commented. I don't know. Well, I think what Aaron's trying to say is, could you do a drop oh, yeah. for us? Sure. Uh, hey, this this is Mark Norman on Surviving Hollywood Podcast, or just make you know whatever. Or oh, whatever, make it your own. Make it your own. Yeah. yeah. All right, Surviving Hollywood Podcast. Right. All right. Hey, hey, Mark Norman here. You're listening to Surviving Hollywood Podcast. It's a doozy. Queef, kill yourself. <laughs> Juiced, anal. Thank you. Now, hey, uh, Johnny Day, go fuck yourself. That was the all guy. right, Johnny Day, go fuck your mother. We all have. He, he's a big fan of your podcast, and he said that you do littler podcasts. So I do. That's that's why we got the nerve to reach out. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad you did. This was fun and good yeah. to meet you, Jews. And I'll Re see you maybe in LA. Really appreciate it, Mark. Thank you, man. Yeah, appreciate it, man. Thank you, man. Have a Thank good day. Thank you. Take All care, right. man. Be safe. Comedy. The awkward goodbye. <laughs>